Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 329th episode of MTG Fast Finance, the podcast that talks reserved list cards with reserved list hosts. MTG Fast Finance is your weekly podcast covering the world of Magic the Gathering finance, collection management, and speculation. I'm your host, Cliff Daigle, at Word of Commander on Twitter, and my co-host this week, Doug Freshly out of the garden, is Travis Allen at Wizard Bumpin' on Twitter, and we're here to help you folks make and save money playing our favorite game, Magic the Gathering. Good evening, Cliff. Good evening, everybody. Glad to be here again, briefly, uh, and looking forward to sharing some valuable information with all of you. Maybe it's valuable, maybe it's not. So if Cliff wrote it, it's valuable. It, we are all valuable here, <laughs> Travis. Don't you worry. Our show is produced by MTGPrice.com, the leading MTG finance community. Sign up today at MTGPrice.com to plan your specs. Chat on Discord and read articles by some of the best financial minds in the hobby. I'm pretty sure I could still read that without the script after three months. You'd be surprised. Uh, MTG Fast Finance is proudly sponsored by Cool Stuff, Inc., where you can find all sorts of cool, nerdy stuff in stock, including all the best in the Magic the Gathering singles, sealed product, and a plethora of other collectibles. Please use the promo code FINANCE5, that's FINANCE with the number 5, during checkout at CoolStuffInc.com to save 5% off your order and support this podcast. I've actually never said this line before, but what's on the agenda this week, Travis? <laughs> uh... Well, Cliff, this week it's a show in four parts. So I'm gonna just say, just say hello to all of our listeners here. I find, I'm here. You know, did you actually did not get a chance to listen to last week's cast? I meant to, and just time got away from me. Did you guys tell people I was coming back for a brief period? You're asking me to remember last week, and I don't remember what color underwear I put on this morning, Travis. Okay. Well, I would think that you would be less inclined to remember what color underwear you are than whether or not you had discussed that. But fair enough, either way. Uh, I am, of course, uh, stricken with. I don't. I don't think it's bronchitis, but it's something. So my voice is a little scratchy, and I have this very persistent cough that refuses to go away today. So I. This is not the uh, illustrious, loud, triumphant return that it might otherwise be. Um, but I do my best for all of you. But it is. It is good to be back here, and I'm going to do my best to keep up. Despite the fact that I am sure I am way behind on all this compared to uh, yourself and Mr. Chilcott. Well, he is currently somewhere in an RV. I don't know who's driving. I suspect his uh, daughter's driving. And he's probably furiously uh, buying and selling in Japan on Double Masters cards. So, yeah, that's where we're at. I wouldn't put it past him uh let's see all right let's get to this uh show on our on the way here segment one the mtg oh, excuse me mtgo metagame week in review uh looks like we have a modern preliminary and a pioneer showcase and i'm curious to see how much things look different or the same since the last time i checked this out uh segment two the top paper movers some cards that have risen in price the last week and the why and i will be leaning on you heavily for the why here uh, as well as the top MTGO movers. Segment three, our cards to watch. We have a uh, a phoned-in pick from James. You've got some options, and I brought one that I hope isn't too bad. 
And finally, segment four, the weekly topic. Uh, Wizards was kind to me this week. We have some Double Masters 2 spoilers to review, so I don't have to talk about pack distribution numbers of borderless etched foil all art hollow crap from dxm2 we can just talk about cool looking spoilers and art <laughs> much more interesting <laughs> there's that cough uh so this metagame this mtgo metagame this modern preliminary here uh, i see it was won by yogmoth combo three months later we're still seeing that running people down i see the four grists the four chords and I'm scrolling through here, and I'm sure there's some card choices here that are a little different than it used to be, but still the same shell. Yeah, it hasn't really changed. It's a, a powerful combo that uh, can do amazing things, and you know why would why would you change it if it's not working? Sure. Four Strangler Roots, four Yogmoths. I don't know if they had four Yogmoths before. This one looks like it's kind of all in on the on the plan there. Yeah, I have to uh, go get. A copy of Yogmoth for my for a, a mono black deck of mine. It just keeps crawling up. It's a cool um, card. It's a cool card. Uh, then we had a full on Tron list. This was hardcore Tron. This wasn't. This was barely sprinkling anything in it. It had uh, the um, Sylvan Scrying and the other green spell to go find lands to make sure that you can cast Karn Limbrate on turn three. Uh, there was a red aggro deck that uh, was playing two Underworld Breach, and it was just super, super low to the ground. Like, it was just trying to cast everything by, like, turn four and kill the, the other people dead. Being able to drop down Breach and then replay everything seems pretty good there. Uh, we had a Yorion Omnath deck, uh, which is just amazing that you can play 80 cards in four colors and just dominate stuff left and right. Uh, we had Hammer Time taking up 5th place as well as 7th place. We had a Murktide list in 6th place. And then we had an Underworld Cookbook, Asmore, Red... I don't know how to say this. I've never known how to say this stupid card. And I just... I'm really annoyed that I have to learn how to say things like... So I sound like I'm a character off King of the Hill or something. Oh. But it's the, under, the Underworld Cookbook. Uh, discarding things, getting them for free... Doing all kinds of fun stuff. It had four Vengevine, four Goblin Lore. Just a whole lot of things coming and going from your hand to the graveyard. Good times. Good times. Yeah, I never bothered to read that card either. Just the Alphabet Soup card. Mm-hmm. I like Alphabet Soup. That's what it should have been called. It was, uh, my kid was watching Sesame Street and they have the Big Bird song where they sing the alphabet. And now that I see this card name, that's all I can think of. Mm-hmm. It's the most. It's mm-hmm. my favorite word. I just knew. Wish I wish I knew what it means. Boy, my God, have I become that person? Holy shit! Don't uh. you worry about it. Listen, <laughs> if if you ever want to talk about the uh, finer points of Sophia the first, I'm here for you, buddy. Okay, I am. Uh, I'm well versed in the 50th anniversary episode of Sesame Street. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The 1994 Rugrats. Uh, lately, a lot of up. This is a very sad movie, by the way. Boy, you can't no, you can't do up if you've got uh, a relationship or kids. Just don't. You can't do it. It's there's there's uh, malady and sentimentality in all Disney films, but up is like several layers of it, and I hadn't really thought too much about it. But even aside from that little vignette in the beginning, everything in that sort that movie is just depressing. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, Go watch, go watch Wally. It's a lot more fun. Yeah, like I've seen get, that before, but that one doesn't seem all that cheerful either, honestly. 
Well, it, it's, you know, you know, everything is going to hell, but, you know, that we have awesome hope for the end of things. I suppose. But the only thing we're missing in real life is the spaceships. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of spaceships, uh, Spirits won the Pioneer Showcase. Uh, uh, that sorry. Was what? First what? Pl- speaking of spaceships I, into Spirits? I'm trying, that man. Was... I'm trying. <laughs> I, might, I might not have James's uh cool attitude towards everything but i'm gonna give it my best shot all right fair enough. uh so spirits won the challenge uh it was also in eighth place it's basically mono blue and it's just goodness all up and down it you've got multiple uh one drop spirits including the ascendant spirits um yorion control won uh was second place in the pioneer challenge as well which is you know just great uh, for shark typhoon and the wandering emperor I love the idea of having Shark Typhoon in play, casting the Wandering Emperor, and just like all of a sudden you've killed that, got a 4-4 to block, and you just, you can't do anything. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Uh, We also had, uh, third place was an Is It Phoenix deck. Uh, Fourth place and seventh place were Mono Green that were also running four of Karn the Great Creator, just cramming uh, the goodness into there. Uh, also, they had the Cure of the Behemoth Beckoner, which lets you draw cards and untap fun permanents, which is really good with stuff like uh, Sylvan Caryatid and uh, Wolf Willowhaven on your lands. Interesting. I'm looking at the the new, what do you call it? New Heroic list right yeah. now. I remember Dreadhorde Arcanist, Illuminator Virtuoso. That's on the newer side. That's from New Capenna. That was, right. I think that was the first set after I had truly walked away. Because I remember talking about Kamikawa beforehand. So, uh, I call it New Heroic, but you can call it what you want. It's four Favorite Hoplite, four Lerminator Virtuoso, four Swift Spear, two Tenth District Legionnaire, and four Dreadhard Arcan- Arcanist. And the goal is to dump your hand with Ancestral Anger and Homestead Courage, plus some Defiant Strike, God's Willing, invigorated rampage you're just trying to just blow people out of the water by hitting them for 10 damage on turn three it's going to be great i I love arcanist in this deck you're just doing it for free on the ancestral anger or the homestead courage it doesn't even matter what you're casting you're just doing goodness we can all aspire to that cliff it's hitting it for free for 10 that's all we want man hitting it for free Uh, with 10 we have a humans list uh, in sixth place that was also uh, having... I love when they do stuff like this. They put one Toski Bear of Secrets in the sideboard. Just like you're going to mess with... It doesn't fly under Collected Company. And it doesn't work with uh, Secluded Courtyard or Unclaimed Territory. But my god, Toski's so stupid good. Is it? I mean, I, I mean uh... in the matchups where, it's, where you're hitting them and drawing cards, yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Okay, so yeah, so you bring this in under the control decks, and they just, nope. they can't counter it, and it's annoying to get rid of, and it just every time you attack, you draw a bunch of cards. Well, you got to hit to draw cards, sadly. right? Right. Interesting. Uh, let's see, and then uh, yeah, like I said, seventh place was another mono green deck. Eighth place was another spirits deck. So we have some uh, some known decks and some uh, unknown decks. It's just a, a good mix, and I don't know enough about the metagame to say if the bannings were necessary, but we still have, you know, nothing's dominating, which is really what you want. Oh, yeah, what did they, uh, what did they ban? Uh, experiment, uh, no, iteration. Oh, expressive iteration. Expressive iteration, thank you. 
Yeah, they banned that. Uh, just that? Gone. Uh, was it just that? I don't even remember now. Hold on. June 7th banned. So oh, and Winoda got banned. So in Pioneer, oh, Winoda right, right. and Expressive Iteration got banned. Also, Explorer was already banned in, and now is banned in Explorer. And nothing new banned in Modern. That's well. That, so that's kind of part of the... I, I do remember something about that go, going on, but I didn't know there was like some alchemy or something they were talking about too, and I didn't know what was. And fuck a bunch of alchemy. They're, they've officially said they're going to try and make Pioneer an arena thing, and every bit of resources they put into everything that is not doing that is just a waste. Hmm. It's just wasted time. Alchemy is like this digital only stuff, and it's neat. But they're spending like design resources and programming resources where they really don't need to. Are they? If are they spending design resources on alchemy though, Cliff? I mean, uh, I don't know. I haven't played any they? of it. I honestly, I've spent like three wild cards on alchemy stuff for uh, my Ayara deck that I play when the quest is to have black spells you cast. <laughs> that's uh, that's my exposure to the format. Okay. Yeah, because I, I do remember, thought I saw something about uh, they were planning on moving Pioneer to a digital, to, to Arena, right? That was the plan? Right, that With, is officially the plan. Right now you can play um, Historic as well as Explorer as format side by side, but eventually their goal is to uh, release enough cards on Arena to let you play full-on Pioneer. Right, which I'm kind of curious about because, like, there's a lot of cards in that format. There sure are. Art on Arena. And yep. I'm, not, I'm not clear how they're going to get that many. I mean, it's going to end up being just a completely different format, right? Like, how would it not be? I imagine there's going to be, like, some sort of online Pioneer Masters thing to just, like, dump the most relevant cards yeah. into the format. And uh, from time to time, somebody will say, like, this card's not available, but it's part of the new metagame. And it'll take them a week or two to put the card in. Hmm. But it's going to take them years, yeah. And that's why they need to be donate uh, putting the resources in now. <laughs> Are you? Uh, have you played any Pioneer in Paper? Uh, I have. I have not played Paper Magic. I've. I've let myself go play in a, a local Commander pod, like about once a month. But I just get so damn. <sighs> anxious i think is the word i'm gonna use like i'm in i'm a high school teacher like i am already a high risk environment for uh this disease still killing several hundred people a day and i don't want to mess with it any more than i have to i hate playing webcam commander i know jason's a really big fan of playing webcam commander and he does that like four times a week i can't stand it it is not as enjoyable for me yeah I, I, I don't doubt that. I have never played one of the webcam games, and I'm kind of in the same boat as it just didn't really... That's not why I played Commander. I didn't play Commander because I needed to play the Magic cards, you know? Yeah. So, uh, going, you know, playing the webcam version didn't really feel like I, I needed to be there for that. And I, I yeah, I mean, I, I haven't played Paper Magic either, but uh, I'm with you. I haven't really ventured out into the real world at all. This is just a constant, constant challenge, right? Well... Um, my kids are old enough to have gotten their vaccinations and boosters. I know that yours, uh, they, they just approved it, right? Uh, if they did, I haven't heard that, but they may have. Um, 
but I know that up until until at least very recently, nothing was approved. They were having some issues getting that off the ground. Yeah, well, uh, that would that would make it easier for me if I were in your boots. Yeah, I mean, it will, but <laughs> I'm not going to. It's not going to change my overall behavior. <laughs> basically, yeah. it'll it'll take a little bit of the sting out of it, but it's not going to change the the behavior patterns. Uh, where were we? We were talking about we were, something. We're about to do magic. our top paper movers. That's what it was. Okay. Uh, so Travis, you haven't uh, been doing much. We were talking about this a little bit before we started recording. Uh, were you up to date on the madness of the ancient dragons in Baldur's Gate? Sure, I'm not. Okay. So the short version is um, the Commander Legends 2 landed like a dead cat. And uh, people are displeased with the low power level and the complete lack of, like, hardcore amazing reprints. Commander Legends 2 came out? Yes, Commander Legends 2. uh, It's called Battle for Baldur's Gate. Okay, that is that product. Am I crazier? Wasn't Commander Legends 1 in 2020? I don't believe you are crazy, no. Because that was was their whole thing, right? That was like, this was the year of EDH and then COVID hit and it was really fun. Yes. Yes. Uh, and they did it two years. Okay, so two years later, I guess that makes sense. Uh, it oh, was wow. released November and tw- November twenty twenty. Wow, that was a really quick turnaround. That was a year and a half then. Well, they have kind of shifted away from doing like they they've been doing commander, uh, new commander cards for basically every set. Yeah, and this is a, a quick turnaround, but they they just they didn't do what the first commander legends did which was sprinkle in good reprints that were valuable Hmm. and so uh everybody is just like really off commander legends product and doesn't want to uh buy it because there's nothing like a jeweled lotus or a dockside extortionist or a mana drain or a mana or anything right okay um so what this comes down to is that there was a cycle of dragons, uh, ancient dragons, that are um, three of the top most expensive cards in the set. And they are good dragons. Uh, they are non-legendary. They're all elder dragons for what that's worth. And they do cool things when they hit somebody, you roll a d20 and get uh, some number of treasures. You draw that many cards. You make that many uh, token creatures. Things like that. The um, borderless foils are the most expensive. Uh, Several of them were up near $200 and uh, were going absolutely bonkers. But they're starting to trend downwards now. And where three of them were near $200, now only one of them is near $200. Like the ancient silver dragon, the ancient gold dragon, those have both fallen from their highs. And I hope people got out while they could. Um, if you haven't bought your dragons yet, I haven't bought um, these particular dragons for my dragon deck yet. Um, then good job. You know, being patient will pay off in this. But if you look at the most expensive cards in the set, like the value is dropping very rapidly. And so we will see uh, how this goes. So I had a spot on our spreadsheet for all the ancient dragons. They were crazy expensive. And now uh, most of them have dropped, and we will see like what buying opportunities there are later on. But the borderless foils are still way over the showcase foils. This has the showcase 
of the monster manual, like that washed out paper background with like an old school drawing of a dragon, you know? Yep. I'm looking, I, I pulled, I pulled it up. So I see you've got copper, silver, brass, gold. Yeah. Um, I, I don't like this art style. I respect that they're trying a lot of different styles. I thought it sucked the first time they did it. I think it sucks the second time they do it. Inevitably, they're going to do it again. You but I'll think that. that'll suck too. <laughs> You're going to do it again? It'll suck then too. It's true. It's what's going to happen. In terms of uh, what has gone up in how much, um, in that same set, Commander Legends Battle for Baldur's Gate, uh, an uncommon wild magic surge has gone from about $2 to 3 and a quarter. Uh, it's an uncommon, but it's one of the more popular cards uh, that people add to it. It has a real uh, Chaos Warp feeling to it. And uh, that's something that because this is, not only is this not a popular set to open from a value perspective, like you have to have exactly eight people to do a Commander Legends draft. And then you end up playing the, the games, which can take a very long time because these are not optimized commander decks at all but you destroy target permanent and they reveal cards until they re until they hit something that shares a type with that permanent and then they get to put that into play so you destroy target creature they get the next creature off the top of their deck destroy target enchantment they get the next enchantment that they had whichever the case may be hmm. so it's got that whole like are you willing to roll the dice and the answer is yes people appear to be very willing to roll the dice <laughs> it turns out magic players are degenerate gamblers you know it, baby. Uh, interesting. Then that's uh, was it Boo and Minsk? Right. I never played Baldur's Gate two, but I'm I didn't play Baldur's Gate one. So did you play? Did you play two? Uh, no. But oh, so well, I didn't play. I didn't play it. But Baldur's Gate two was one of the. Uh, oh, there's a term for these. It was in the same wheelhouse as Planescape Torment and a spiritual sibling to the original fallout franchise and okay. it baldur's gate 2 is still considered one of the best rpgs ever made all right uh, it's very is very dated at this point i went back and tried to play it a couple of years ago and it was clunky but it really defined kind of what you could do with dnd &D in a video game um really really blew people away planescape torment too by the way that, that game was wild uh this, these are, uh, you're old enough. You should know this stuff. You're not Listen, I, you know, sorry. I, I know a lot of video games. I don't know those. I have oh. avoided all of the Elder Scrolls, too. That Wow. So what? <laughs> what are you playing over there? Like, what are you playing? Listen, did you, you, did, you didn't know how... Wait, was it you that didn't know how to pronounce Kyrie because you never played Kingdom Hearts? Y yes, and I wear that... Okay, okay. I wear that with don't you, Don't you dare. Don't you dare. We can get into this, all right? Kingdom Hearts... Was don't it, you start! I don't, don't you start! I had this conversation I with James or my real life friends. A trash series for idiots. Bro, I'm gonna mute you really soon here. Like, Awful. I'm not. Here's here's the entire here's the entire appeal of Kingdom Hearts. I will what give you Mickey thirty seconds to rant, emo? and then what if Mickey Mouse was emo and shopped at Hot Topic? Boy, that sounds great. Ah, oh, man, I can't wait to play this. My Japanese Final Fantasy characters are not broody enough. I need Mickey and with black painted fingernails. Please, it just disgusts me. Are you done? Yes. Are you finished? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm ho I'm holding back because we need to move on and talk mm -hmm. about some actual cards here. But you're hurting me, Travis. I, you're you're I, causing I, physical pain. 
I don't care, and I will speak ill of Disney adults too. I, I, I don't that's have fine. To. You can speak ill of Disney. Like there was a Tron level. Did you play the Tron? No, clearly, you did not play the Tron. It was yeah. a really sweet Tron. Level. You know what Tron was? It was a great movie in like 1974, and then it had a good soundtrack. 84, and then it had a good soundtrack in like 2011, and that was it. That was Tron. There's nothing else to it. Cool, Let's move cool on. Cool aesthetic. Cool aesthetic. You're you're over here just trampling all over things I hold dear. Uh, so the first, the next card I want to talk about is uh, Rashida Scalebane, a card I almost picked last week to be a top mo- to uh, be worth speculating on. Uh, if you didn't know this, she's three white white from uh, Mirage. She's a legend on the reserve list. She taps to destroy target attacking or blocking dragon, and you gain life equal to its power, which seems really good in a world of dragon madness which is exactly the world we are living in right now uh her copies have gone from about uh five and a half up to nine dollars and honestly are probably not done growing yet because like i said it's on the reserve list there's not going to be more of these the downside though it's kind of a bad card against dragons i've got a lot of ways to kill it when you but when you think you're going to be uh doing amazing things well the real takeaway here is that uh, you know, when I was recording regularly, buying sideboard cards for EDH wasn't a good choice, and it's still not a good choice. Like, that's just not what you want to be putting your time and effort into when you're playing EDH. So, I mean, I, it's a reserve list card. So, I mean, it's unlikely anyone's getting punished for this play, but I don't think it's a, g- <coughs> it's a good idea. I would, you know, as far as reserve list cards, as, as far as it's ever smart to sell reserve list cards, I'd be happy to ship it and... And move along with my life, and rather than somebody else stock make the next two dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, next up, we have Gates of Blaze foils out of Ravnica Allegiance. Uh, they've gone from about three and a half to five and a half. Uh, Gates has been a popular theme for commanders, although this is a red card, and the official Gate commander is not in red. It's uh, blue, black, green, I believe. But nonetheless, once everybody starts buying up Gates cards, this was inevitably going to be next. And it's a really unfair, it's one of the most unfair cards in a Gate deck because everything takes damage equals the number of Gates you control. So you can do really uh, unfair things with this early on. Uh, next we have, uh, I hey, put down... Cliff, what? do you want to know what my favorite Gates is? Oh my god. Uh, I can't say, go ahead. Gates McFadden, baby. Oh, I... Dr. Beverly Crusher. (laughs) All right. Okay. This is all I have to contribute. I don't know anything about magic anymore. No, it's cool. (laughs) Listen, I was about to, I was thinking that the introduction needed to be that you were my, uh, you were the Stimpy to my Ren. And I was Mm. like, Travis will get that. A lot of the audience will get that. But there's a bunch of people who have no idea what I'm talking about. So, you know. Yeah, I actually, I never watched, we didn't have cable when I was a kid. So I know of Ren and Stimpy, but I never really watched it. I, wow. I missed all of that early MTV Nickelodeon stuff that all of my peers have seen. Yeah, yeah. I also will never watch SpongeBob. That's cool. You're not missing anything. <laughs> That's a that is a real cultural gap. I think. Look, that if is, you uh, if so you'll see some memes. That's good enough. Yeah, this is true. I see a lot of memes for SpongeBob. Uh, next up is Dragon Tempest. Uh, the non foils from Dragons of Tarkir have risen the most in terms of percentages and dollars it's gone from about five to a little under nine and uh, frankly all of them are going up whether you're talking iconic masters foils or non-foils it was a rare in dragons from tarkir it's an uncommon in iconic masters 
But if you've got them, uh, this is the time to sell them because Dragon Hype is real. Uh, Miriam, 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 I don't know how to say this double I sound, but uh, the Teamer Dragon that copies everything, uh, it's a badass. It's a great commander to build around. It's pushed a lot of dragon stuff. And uh, as we said, there's two more to go on here. So if you've got any laying around, now's a good time to put them up for sale and cash in while the hype is hot. Yeah, I noticed that not only did you have... I'm going to go with Miriam because that's fine by me. All right. Uh, Not only did you have that individual, that dragon, in the top slot for EDA truck, uh, you also had Ur-Dragon in slot two. Yeah. So clearly there's still still, uh, some appreciation. It it, it runs deep. It runs deep here. It really does. Well, I told James this a week or two ago. You could build an amazing ass dragon deck just from dragons they released in the last like year and a half yeah and uh tiamat is really good for five color dragons but once you see somebody play with the free mana rock that is the ur dragon it's really redundantly good the i'm sorry what redundantly good oh the ur dragon um if you haven't read the text box if it's in the command zone or in play all your dragons cost one less to cast. Oh, I see. Okay, you're ta- I see what you're saying. So, like being able to reduce all your dragons by one. Now your uh, brainstealer dragon isn't eight mana; it's seven mana, which is good. But then you get stuff like, as we're going to talk about, Dragonborn Champion isn't four mana now; it's three. Or you get your Chaos Dragon, which is my favorite. That's only two mana. Right. You, know, so you said you said the Monorock that was Ur Dragon, and I'm like, wait, did they print print a Monorock titled? Ur-Dragon or something? Like, I was Close. trying to figure out. I forgot that that card said things were going cheaper. Yep. Uh, speaking of dragons, next up is really uh, another Claw out of Mirrodin, yeah. another reserve list card. Uh, has been mentioned a couple times in the last few weeks. Just keeps climbing. It's gone from about 20, doubling up to 40, and I I would say sell if you've got it, but if you feel like holding on to your last copy or two, that would be a completely defensible thing. Every time we get dragons, it's going to go up. Yeah, so I mean, I remember talking about Zerlina the Claw two or three times over the years to begin with. It just, it's not even that good, right? Like, it's been a while since I looked at the card, but I don't remember that being... It's really good. Um, does it work with uh, Miriam? Do you have to cast the dragon spell, or does it have to just come into play? Whenever a non-token dragon comes into play, make a token of it. So it... Zerlian is ridiculous with Miriam because you're going to get a token that stays in play while your original gets exiled. So this is really the the best time to have the Zerlian going on. Mm, Okay, I couldn't, I was having trouble remembering how the card functioned, but that's right. This one is a tutor. That's better than some of the other It's a tutor. You're going to get, the original comes into play with haste. You're going to get your amazing trigger. You're going to leave a copy behind, even if it's legendary. Like, it's everything you want. So this is uh, an amazing card, and if Miriam continues to be the most popular new dragon commander, then this probably will go up another 20 bucks next week. Yeah. Sure. Reserve list cards, man. Yeah. They'll be, they'll be good until they're not. <laughs> uh, next we had Desecration Elemental, another double up. Uh, if you've never heard of it, it's actually uh, a pretty funny card. To have with the new donate commander, John Iver. Bon Iver? Uh, Iron Irenicus. Bon Iver, a magician. Yeah, it's all right. Uh, Desecration, so Desecration Elemental. Man, I remember this card. 
Yeah. Fifth Dawn. Sorry, I should tell you what it does. It's a four mana 80. Whenever any player plays a spell, they sacrifice a creature. So back in the old days, you'd pay this for you'd pay, pay the iron price and put a, a four four eight eight fear in the play and uh, hope that no your opponent wasn't casting spells because if you did, you had to sacrifice creatures. But I guess now uh, sounds like John Renicus, who certainly isn't named after Game of Thrones character. Uh, what you give this to your opponents? Well. So- let me, okay. let me read the text because it's impor- It's very important you know this text. Okay. So it's two blue-black for an elf wizard. It's a 3-3. Three, three. Uh, this was uh, in Battle for Baldur's Gate. At the beginning of your end step, target opponent gains control of one creature you control. Put two 1-1 one, one counters on the creature you give away and tap it, and it's goaded for the rest of the game, which means it has to attack every combat if able and attack somebody besides you as long as it's able. So it's, and... It- it gains this creature cannot be sacrificed. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's good. I like so it. that last bit of text on John Irenicus is why Desecration Elemental has doubled and why we're probably going to see versions of this going crazy going forward because you, you can't sacrifice it to its own ability. So you're just like, well, I'm going to have this 10 10 fear attacking other people the rest of this game. And it's just a, a beautiful thing, and this is the, exactly what uh, commander players love to do. Because also, when a creature you don't you own but don't control attacks, you're going to draw a card. So you take ten, I get to draw a card for them attacking with it. Yay me! It's uh, I like it. It's fan. good. Uh, that we have then uh, Dragonborn Champion out of uh, Adventures of the Forgotten Realm Commander. Said the non-foil has gone from a buck to thirteen dollars <coughs> because uh, dragons are popular. And this one says, uh, whenever a creature with power five or greater uh, attacks, draw a card. No, that's not it. Uh, I've, I used to have this in the Ur Dragon, but I took it out. Whenever a source you control deals five or more damage to a player, draw a card, and it's a five-three trample for two red green. So you know it's got that synergy built in. You're going to have multiples of this if you've got Miriam. And yes, it will trigger. Each one will trigger, so you'll draw two cards when something hits. Just goodness all around. But our biggest winner this week was uh, Evil Eye of Urborg. Foils from Time Spiral went from about a dollar to uh, somewhere north of $35. Because, uh, again, the John Arenicus Commander, it does amazing and evil things. It's four and a black for a 6-3. Non-eye creatures you control can't attack, and whenever it becomes blocked by a creature, destroy that creature. So it's like it, only something with indestructible can safely block it. First strike doesn't matter. Uh, that sort of thing. And I so would, you want to give I, this away and make uh, it so that only this evil eye gets to attack. I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying this because not only do you have... Uh, a throwback to Evil Eye of Herborg, which I'm I'm I love to see because the art on that was always so great, uh, and the the sentence non eye creatures you control can attack. That's a I really enjoy that line of text because especially back then you were like non eye creatures there like there weren't any other eyes right like, there was very few so it was like okay this is my eye deck uh, I don't know this is feeling this is this is a touch of the nostalgia for me should sell the hell out of this card though. Yes. Because, <laughs> yes, like, you should. There is no possible way that will retain any value whatsoever. I mean, listen, if, if you know, 
stocks or whatever, you know, is reporting 38 and like the low on TCG players, like 35 or $30, you should be selling this for like nine. Like just, just there, there don't let there be a race to the bottom. Just be the bottom, right? Because you'd rather sell this for $9 than put it in your box for 28 and just have to sit there for the rest of time. Well, right now on TCG, there is one near mint foil for $12 plus three shipping, uh, $38 for the next two copies, and then $43 for the next four. There's a couple uh, not near mints at much cheaper prices than that. But honestly, like I, I'm inclined to agree with you. Pick a price significantly under the next one. Uh, get your money out for this random ass bulk uncommon foil from Time Spiral that you happen to have laying around from uh, whenever and have a, a lovely lunch somewhere courtesy of people who are crazy. For sure. Uh, okay, that was, a, that was a fun list there. I mean, I guess it's not too different. Yeah, you saw some dragons show up recently and so the top paper removers are all dragon cards, I believe it. Yeah, with Miriam is uh, is really uh, warping everything and it probably will for a couple of weeks until people get you know double masters isn't going to have any new commanders so we're going to be uh dealing with this until uh you know another week and a half until another set comes out is Mm -hmm. how that's going to work i know when we were so before we started recording i commented to cliff that it had been three months since i had done anything uh or been too involved with magic and that back in the day that would have meant i missed a set and now it's like two thousand cards yes Yes, I don't is. even think that's an exaggeration. I, I don't think it is, no. Uh, let's see, our top movers online. Ledger Shredder continues to shred things up. Uh, uh, uh. Um, it's gone from about 43 tickets to 50 tickets. Uh, it shows no signs of slowing down. It's all over the place, multiple formats. It's good in Commander, good in Pioneer, good in Modern. Uh, Faceless Haven is the land out of Kaldheim. Uh, has gone from about four and a half tickets to six and a half. Storm the Festival uh, has gone up from around a dollar, one ticket to two tickets. Uh, you should sell those for people who love to play the mono green. And Ascended Spirit, because of the two copies of Spirits that were in the top eight of Pioneer, uh, that's gone from about 2.7 tickets to 4.3, 60% gains. Uh, if you have extras, I would probably be letting them go because, uh, you know, I'm always into selling in the hype, even online. Still good. Still good. So let's get it. Uh, before we get into our cards to watch, now's a good time to remind you all about the Cool Stuff Inc. Customer Rewards Program. The more you buy with our 5% off Finance 5 coupon, the closer you get to even higher rewards, including up to 15% off Magic Singles and Assorted Midis. Head on over to CoolStuffInc.com today to build your loyalty and save big. Uh, if you missed out on the foil sale, they added an additional 10%. So uh, if you had maxed out loyalty and used our coupon, uh, you were able to get 30% off foils, which basically makes you into a buy list all by yourself. <laughs> and you should do that. Sounds like a good plan. It is a good plan. Uh, speaking of good plans, we got some good cards here. Um I want to go first because I love talking about this card because I love dragons. Fair enough. Everything dragons is good. Uh, So are the dragon accessories. And one of the best accessories you can have, for, especially for a teamer dragons deck, is Sarkin Unbroken. And I think Mythic Edition uh, foils are the pick right now. 
You can get them for around $35 uh, on TCG Player. And uh, it's just always good. It's two, and then the teamer colors. You plus one to draw a card and add a mana of any color. You minus two to put a 4-4 dragon into play. And it's just everything you want. If you build up to a, a giant one, then you really... Um, if you manage to go off, the minus eight is search your number for your library for any number of dragons, put them into play, and then shuffle your library. So just GG to the entire table. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, pretty gross if you have a dragon deck. It's you wouldn't play this otherwise. So uh, the mythic edition, if you remember the debacle, people are getting free War of the Spark sheets all over the place. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Is that this one? I that can't was keep them track. that was this okay. one, and so you can get your copies for you know. Around thirty, I'll put down thirty-five, and I'm picking them to go to around sixty. They might go higher once people realize that this is one of the best accessories you can have with dragons. This is uh, this is a nifty card. Um, I know it was the reception was lukewarm, both I think at the initial release uh, and also the mythic edition wasn't considered to be that hot. But I mean, it is a, a very potent planeswalker. Um, it's in the right colors for Miriam there and all the five-color dragons. So I like that. Uh, and these Mythic Editions are definitely probably underbought, uh, especially in terms of... I, I assume that it won't be hard to really put strain on the supply if people decide they want copies. Because like you said, there's 15 vendors on TCG right now. That gaming company is sitting the on... The gaming company sitting on a brick of 55 copies, yes. However... It's not even that much. It, it's not that much. It only takes, you know, 60 people to clear out the supply. And uh, this has been moving uh, three to four copies a day. You, so, you know you know how I think about it when I see a, a brick like 55? Is if one person from each state bought a copy of this card, that's all gone. <laughs> and, and when you think about it that, you're like that, you're like, okay, one person in California buys a copy. One person in Florida. One person in Tennessee. And you're like, oh, okay, okay. Suddenly, this inventory is gone. Like that's not that many, um, for for a card that might draw a lot of players to it. So, yeah, you think you're probably on this for a slightly longer train, but um, you're not getting another version of this like this. So that that really adds an additional element there for you. Tell me about your pick, Travis. I like this. Well, I, I'm going to start with with James's in absentia pick. Uh, he, he wanted to get one in, which I was more than happy to because I wasn't confident in my ability to show up with a pick that was going to be uh, good enough for our educated and discerning viewers, listeners, uh, observers. I am I, I did end up getting one that I like, but uh, James still wanted to chime in here, and I think it was I'm glad that he did. Um, he's talking about Morophon the Boundless. So this is that colorless shapeshifter changeling back from modern horizons one that's every creature type and uh you choose a creature type when it comes into play and all of those creature types cost wubrig less uh one of each and it's a lord for those creatures so it is a lord commander for any tribe so you can represent the underrepresented tribes who lack a solid commander or do duty as a commander for an existing tribe if it makes sense um if you're playing something like dragons uh, spe uh spe 
especially a particular type of dragon deck that doesn't lean as heavily on like the red red or black black dragons but some more of the colorful ones um we can do a lot of work in terms of mono reduction his commentary here is that it's in it's 10,000 EDH direct decks and 4,000 is a commander uh the art is nifty um, he said it's finally reaching a low point here in terms of pricing and it does just a lot of work as a tribal card across the board so he's got the judge foils here so this is the slightly less slippery artwork um <laughs> at about 38 dollars right now it looks like yeah so he's got this buy price at 33 with a sell at 52 for about a 50 percent gain in probably a year a year and a half and i do like the artwork the artwork is nifty the modern horizons artwork is very cgi looks like something i would have seen in 2008 ish it, right it is like, very uh abyss like um princess mononoke like blobby yeah but it's just it's like the the sort of this lack of detail lack of texture mm-hmm. in it it looks, it looks very web 2.0 uh whereas the new artwork is a lot scalier and crunchier uh, in any case, I think judge promos in general have, is, have typically done pretty well, especially if you catch them at their low. It barely even matters what the card is, but Marfon is very playable. So, um, you know, if you're scooping some other stuff up and you see this floating around in the low 30s, it's probably not a bad place to put your store credit. I like it. Uh, there's not a huge amount of copies out there of the judge promo. Uh, I'm not fond of the owl watermark on the judge promos, but... Uh, that's just me, and I agree that this is definitely some cooler art. Uh, okay, what's your second pick? Uh, my second pick is not dragon-related, but it is all about um, having a colorless deck that wants to do cool things. Uh, I think the time is right finally on Forsaken Monument, the mythic out of Zendikar uh, Rising. Uh, you can get uh, extended art foils for around 12 bucks. And uh, it's only in about 15,000 uh, commander decks online. It's never been in a pre-con. It hasn't had a reprint or anything yet. But for just a few mana, you're um, giving all of your colorless stuff plus two plus two. You're doubling your colorless mana production, and you're gaining a whole bunch of life. It's just everything your, your deck wants. And like I said, you know, we've, we've waited for the right time to buy. And it's at its cheapest price ever and the right mix of um, copies available. There's only 36 vendors right now, and only two of them have as many as seven copies. So It's, every, it's everywhere you want to be, just like MasterCard. I thought that was American Express's tagline. Uh, maybe it is. I don't know. Anyway, um, you know, I've, I've seen it do amazing things in artifact decks and... Uh, Eldrazi decks, and I just uh, I'm probably gonna hang up with you and go buy a playset or two of these for when they get expensive. I'm saying they're gonna go from about twelve dollars. They're gonna hit around thirty when they finally spike. Yeah, let's see. So five mana. You'd think I'd remember this card because it was Zenicar Rising. I was around for that. But colorless creatures get two two. Whenever you tap a permanent for weight for wastes. You get an additional waste. Man, you remember wastes? Yeah, I remember, remember that waste. card. Yes. And how I was excited about that. Yeah. I bought so many Japanese foil full art waste number one eighty four. Hmm. Did you sell any of them? I never. Li- I don't think I listed them because I was waiting for it to go up. 
Now, and you then, are the, the, the undisputed king of, like, setting a price so ridiculously high that you never have to think about it again until you actually sell one. And you're like, oh, look, it's old. Yeah, I, I did that. The, the time went on, I did that more and more. But that was back when I was all micromanaging my collection much more. So I wouldn't have listed them. I would have stashed them and waited for the price to get high enough for me. Um, so I don't think they've ever actually seen TCG player. And then they just like, uh, I, I guess they didn't abandon the concept of wastes and colorless mana. They just haven't they, gone back to it. Yeah. Yeah. They haven't really made much of a thing of it for the most part. And the, uh, those have really not done much. I don't think it's disappointing. Um, <coughs> and two life on colorless spells. I mean, that's really solid. I mean, this card is ludicrous in any artifact deck, right? Right. Like, it pumps all your artifact creatures, even if they're tokens. Most of the lands you produce produce extra mana, as well as all your rocks. And every spell you cast is two life. That's pretty gross. It's gross. And you're talking about the extended art foil. Yeah. And it's I can get behind this. I can get behind this. What's the EDA truck number for this? 15,000 and change. Yeah, that's solid. This should probably be higher, honestly. I'm got. I would have to assume that it would be higher if it was a little more of a known quantity. Well, I'm glad uh, you're with it. Uh, tell me your other pick. So the one, the the card that I showed up with this week, uh, you know, I'm putting my my uh, signature of approval on, is Thunderbreak Regent. Uh, it's a dragon, dragon. So I mean, I started out here. I went back to Old Faithful. I pulled up EDA track and I said, "Let's see who's been a popular commander this month." You know that that's how I tend to how I how I worked in the past and how I wanted to keep working because it's a very reliable source of information to just see what people are doing. And I saw two dragons right at the top. There was both uh, Millie Vanilli and Ur Dragon. So I started poking around and found Thunderbreak Regent, who is a little bit of a lesser known quantity. I mean, he's not in the 25,000, 20, 25,000 range that some of the big fat dragons are, but he's a very serviceable 8,000. Um, Thunderbreak Regent, for those who don't recall, is a 4 mana 4-4 four, four from Dragons of Dark here, I think something like that one one of those sets in one of the sets in that block back when they had blocks uh it was a four mana four four flyer and whenever a dragon you control is targeted it shock it shocks that player i'm sorry bolts that player deals three damage to them so you have a four mana four four dragon that puts a three mana life tax on any spell your opponents cast that targets your dragons and they're going to be trying to target them because i want to get rid of them uh, what I really like about Thunderbreak Regent is it works. It's a mid-range dragon. It's at four mana, four four. It's so easy to fill your EDH decks with seven mana dragons, who it takes forever to get into the table, and then you're still only casting one per turn because they're so expensive. Thunderbreak does a really good job of bridging that gap. He's easy to get down. He's cheap. He with four power. He triggers a lot of those ancillary effects that want your creatures to have four power when they come into play or what have you. Um, so I really like him as, as a utility sort of creature in those types of decks. And in particular, he also has a game day promo back from uh, from back in the day, which would have been, I don't know, what, 2012 or something. So uh, probably later than that, 2015. Um, it's a pretty cool looking promo. It's the only real promotional artwork that we've got. 
there even if we even if we see in future copies of Thunderbrick Regent with special artwork premium copies, they're not going to be this frame. They're not going to be this art. They'll be something different. So this is a standalone, and you can pick these up for five or six bucks. There are seventeen vendors on TCG with copies uh, promo copies of Thunderbrick Regent. So you're getting in it a relatively at a good price. I like the cards in the six to seven dollar range because you don't feel bad buying a playset or two. Um, it's not like you're paying 40 or 50 bucks each, which is going to be a hard pill to swallow, but it's better than paint. You know, when you're buying cards that are a dollar or two, it feels like even if you're successful, maybe you didn't make all that much money. So this is in that nice sweet spot where if they, if they triple, they go from like six to 18, which is very viable. You can sell one at a time and make 15 bucks a piece. <coughs> so each one of these you flip is like lunch, a decent lunch or dinner or whatever. So I, I, I like the price point on this as well, but with the inventory, where it is with 17 vendors, the price point is helpful. I like the role the card plays. I like the prom, the artwork and the the border. I think this is uh, hits a lot of buttons for me. I, I dig it. I really do dig it. You're right on all counts about uh, dragons. You don't want to play too many eight drops. You want to have something you can come down earlier. And this is just like, sure, you can kill it. It's going to cost you. So uh, I'm for it. I especially, I think you're right about the, uh, the game day frame. I really miss... Like this whole like no text box in the way of cool art. I had a whole long rant about uh, secret layers uh, and text boxes. Like if you have a an artist series, an artist spotlight, secret layer. Like why are you doing a text box? You mm -hmm. know you don't need mm -hmm. any of that. You're gonna commission some beautiful art. Zoom in on that shit. But nobody wants to listen to me. So um, in the meantime, there's a cool ass dragon. Does cool ass things, and you're getting definitely the best version of this dragon so i'm sorry i missed your rant yeah it's okay it, it wasn't as cool as uh james is pretending to be a a, a person in rnd deciding there wasn't going to be any expensive cards in commander legends 2 so uh, i'm sorry i missed that as well am i sorry i missed that uh it, it's a it's not a bad accent actually so i, I think it's <laughs> worth a listen um i i also wanted to mention one other card that uh, I had talked about offcast with James Cliff that um, may have been submitted by a listener. So I'm not going to speak to that aspect of it. I'll let James decide how to deal with that later on. But uh, the card I was thinking about was Teamer Ascendancy, which is a three mana enchantment from the same set. Teamer, uh, this this is Kanzakar Tarkir. Thunderbreak Regent was Dragons of Tarkir, I believe. Remember when Kanzadar Gear came out and it was like the most open, most printed set in history and we're yes. like, you can never buy cards from this set. Every, because... every fall was the most open set ever. Yeah, they had a pretty good run there. I wonder if that's still true. I doubt it. Um, this is the three mana enchantment. Because all your creatures haste, which is pretty gross when you're playing with dragons. And whenever power with creature with power four greater enters the battlefield under your control, you draw a card. That's all your dragons. It's also Thunderbreak Regent. So this is a, a, a good enchantment in dragon decks who are playing um, Teamer colors, uh, which, you know, what's her name, Millie is, as well as your five color builds. Uh, the pack foils, there are three left at like six bucks. Um, there's, <coughs> there's a promo pack that has one listing at like seven. There's a pre-release copy there's three of those at like six bucks and then there's the time spiral remastered foils 
There's 18 of those. They're started about $13. I don't see anyone with more than two. The one guy has seven and they're $30. Yeah. All the other people have two. Um, so it looks like there's already been some action here, but I don't think that's a bad foil pickup. This is really cool. And most decks that can run it. And especially if people are building some teamer colored dragons right now, uh, you'll see the rest of those go pretty soon. There are two cards I want more than any other in my opening hand with the uh, with my Ur-Dragon deck. It's this, or it's Rhythm of the Wild. And mm-hmm. either one, I'm just like, if I have three lands and th- either one of those cards, it's a snap keep. I don't even care what the rest of it is. Because Teamer Ascendancy does so many good things in the Dragon deck. So I am a thousand percent behind this. I hadn't realized it had gotten so low. And especially on the the other, quite frankly, lesser versions compared to an old border foil. So yeah, if uh, I actually would be shocked if this wasn't on the list next week. Hmm. So we'll uh, we'll see about that. Good pick. Thank you. Well, yeah, I mean, I, it it's it, it's a split, right? Like I had the idea, but somebody else might have talked about it and submitted it. I'm not sure. But I know uh, I've mentioned it in an article or two. Don't stress it at all. I'm not. I'm not. It's not an official pick. It's not written on the spreadsheet. This is this is a secret pick because it's not going to be in the secret screenshot pick. that gets posted to the Discord. So it's only for the listeners. Only you for might as well just like put a piece of bamboo in James's eyeball right now. Secret picks. I <laughs> know we've done that before. I've had multiple episodes where I was like, ah, this card's not on the spreadsheet, so it's only for the people who listen. Um Yeah. Okay. That was all of our cards to watch. Now, um, one thing I'm noticing today, because I haven't looked at spoilers for Double Masters yet today, Ob's on Ascendancy is on the spoiler list for today. So if it turns out we're going to get borderless foils, I actually think uh, I'm still on board with picking up old border foils of Teamer Ascendancy. I don't think that's going to make much of a difference at all. Oh, I missed the Ob's on Ascendancy. Yeah, um, through. So... That's a good point. I, the, if that's the case, then the old border foils are definitely... Now, if we, uh, we're either going to get an etched foil, like everything definitely has an etched foil, but only a third of the rares and a third of the mythics. Can you hear my kids screaming in the background, by the way? I heard something, but it was pretty faint. If okay. you didn't say anything, I don't think most people would notice. Right, that's cool, because like, there's only some slight torturing going on behind me. So anyhow, um, we might end up with... Uh, we're definitely getting etched foils of... I mean, I, I would be surprised. It's supposed to be a three-color set, but, like, we're getting Grixis, and we're getting Obzon, and I, I don't know, man. I don't know anybody who's going to play Double Masters drafts. So we'll uh, we'll find out. Like, we've got some Bant. We've got some Teamer. We've got Child of Alara was a, was spoiled today. So I, I don't know. Uh, you're, you've been away for a while. Is do you, Was there anything that you wanted to talk about first because like as we get into these spoilers uh i'm gonna reiterate something i said in the article on friday that the goal of this entire product is to lower prices and so you should be avoiding pre-orders like they carry mega covid just don't buy anything right now because there's going to be a lot of it out there (coughs) And you don't want to be the first one buying, pre-ordering stuff that you can buy in two weeks for half or less. Yeah, um, that's a, that, that's a valid point. I just saw some tweets before we recorded that the stores had gotten way lower allocation than they had wanted. Okay. 
and then it might be hard to get your hands on copies of, of stuff. So do we know how big the print run of this is or, or did they give us a sense that it's an unlimited or it's like at one time or limited release versus print demand? I do, do we not know? know that, but I will get on that. And by get on that, I mean, I will ask James and we'll know more next week. Okay. Um, only because that would be something I would at least want to be aware of, you know? Yeah. No, that's valid. Uh, um, you know, we want to know how many more, like Oracle of Moldia is in and it's got a borderless version. And, Ooh, I miss Oracle. Yeah, so we're gonna get, you know, a new batch of Oracle that hasn't come out in. Christ, how Looks long? Like it, it was in Jumpstart. At in some Jumpstart, point, whatever yeah, year it was that in was. Zendikar and Jumpstart. So that's it. Yeah, like OG foils are a hundred odd dollars, and now you've got uh, Jumpstart, which is nice for adding some copies to the mix. Now we're gonna have a chance to find out how, like cheap this can get um phyrexian altars uh been revealed and things like oracle of aldaya phyrexian altar i'm just going to sit back and wait and see how cheap they get i'm gonna let the gaming company open twenty thousand pallets of stuff and then i'm gonna buy a stack of phyrexian altars taller than my eight-year-old that is my entire plan all right so i know that they tend to do some other odds and ends with these Provo sets, these non-expansion sets. So what are they doing with the XM2 here? I see it's Double Masters 2. It's a reprint set. I see a bunch of borderless cards. I see some other frames, which I assume are etched foils. So what are their, what are they doing with the set here? So um, there's not anything that complicated, actually. Like the first Commander Legends your collector boosters had a chance to get an extended art foil. That's not the case. Uh, in a collector booster, you are guaranteed a foil etched rare or mythic. So every card in the set has a foil etched version. And um, every card in the set, every, well, has I'm sorry, a foil, every rare and mythic, every rare and mythic has a foil etched version. Yes. Um, however, not every, uh, there's only, I think, 20 of the 80 rares and then 20 of the 60 rares and like 15 of the 30 mythics or whatever the exact number is. I don't have it uh, in front of me. Um, those have borderless versions and there's even a textured foil borderless for five of the mythics. Textured foil? Yes. Do we know what that is? Uh, there's a, if you look up, um, I can actually send you a picture on our uh, group chat real quick. Um, but it, it's basically designed to um, try and inspire the look of movement is what the actual um, statement was. Hmm. So let's see. Uh, let me scroll down to... Can I try to pop it in our group chat? It's done. You're on a Mac, huh? No, that's my text message sound. Oh, is the Mac error sound? Yes. You know why? Mm, I don't. Because Mac's error. I'm not saying PCs don't, but um, my experience with Macs was so terrible that I keep this as a reminder of how much I hated that time. I see. Uh, I did see this card. I nothing about this struck me as being. N- new or distinct when i saw it 
other right. than the artwork looking cool. The artwork looks cool, but they they are apparently doing something with like texturing the foiling to to make it look like there's movement happening, and uh, I can't speak to it. I haven't seen it. Uh, giving the they're foiled with a special textured pattern, giving the art some appearance of movement. Hmm. Okay. I'll take your word for it, Gavin. <laughs> if I ever see one in person, I will render judgment. You will. Um, all right. So there's a bunch of foil, borderless foils, etched foils, and a couple of the mythics have some special foil. Did you say it was all mythics have this or just no, some of them? There are five mythics that have this. They went and added a whole new foil treatment style and they put it on five cards. That This is traditionally what they do is they try it out in small batches and then they just they let the community decide whether or not it's cool except for the whole showcase as monster manual art which uh they all thought was cool and so they decided they were going to do it again um yeah i mean well also uh what this does is um because um when you're pulling cards from the collector booster you get to um basically you roll to see if you get a card and if it is a borderless card, uh, you'll you'll get you know that that borderless because you've got your border a slot for borderless foil, and you've got a slot for etched foil, and all of this is going to be in. I'm going to have the numbers up for everybody on Friday. Um, but the uh, there are 30 borderless rares and 20 borderless mythics, um, and you're going to get a. So one slot for the borderless cards, including the textured foil borderless, and one slot for the foil etched. So you can get two foil mythics in your collector booster or in your um, draft booster. Uh, draft boosters can have borderless cards, even borderless foils, but they cannot have foil etched. Mm, okay. So basically, the the cards that are only available in foil etched are going to be the rarest ones around all cards that are only available in foil etched that's correct wait do you mean are you saying there are cards who only show up as foil etched cards well there's going to be like pack foil with a regular frame yes and then there's going to be the foil etched frame for every card but okay, not, so not every card gets a borderless. Okay, so you don't, you don't. You, okay, so you mean that the the ash foil version of cards will be the rarest. That is correct. Okay, and I mean that's kind of how what was it before, wasn't it? Um, I don't. So like, I don't. In a lot of past things. collectors boosters. Yeah, the the first Commander Legends with the um, foil etching set, like there was a dedicated slot for the etched foils. Yes. But that was like for every legend in the set. I mean, I I guess like maybe not immediately. It wasn't like, like maybe right at at the very, very start, it wasn't like that. But I thought that they kind of ended up going in that direction. Mm -hmm. That the etched foils tended to be rare. Maybe not. Well, the, the etched cards have the same art and they don't have like a spillover frame or anything like that. So, um... You know, it, it's just that the, the main thing is um, you can't pull foil etched from draft boosters. 
you can only get foil etched from the collector boosters. And remember, the collector boosters, it is full price for the box of collector boosters, and you're only getting four packs instead of 12 packs. <laughs> That's so funny. Four packs. Yeah. That's brutal. I mean, is it better than calling it VIP packs? I mean, like <clears> if, you, if you'd kept VIP packs from the first time around, they're going for ridiculous prices now. <clears throat> are they really? They really are. I have so much product in this house, and uh, it's just so annoying. You should hire some kid to take care of that for you. <clears throat> yeah, just open it. Here you go. Open it all, buddy. Um, all right, so we have all these reprints here. I, I did scroll through. A couple of them caught my eye. Uh, well, no, Firemind Vessel must have been from like the fourth Ravnica, right? I don't recognize it. Yeah, it was from, uh, I think, War of the Spark, actually. Okay. I saw an Eternal Witness as employer. Oh, they have a bunch of artists coming back. All right. I said this on gas before. I'm going to say it again. Man, I do not like Phil Foglio artwork. First, I'm you unapologetic talk shit about, about Kingdom it. Hearts, and now you're shitting on Phil Foglio? Yeah. Yeah. That one really is going to earn me some ire. People. You, yeah. Didn't care for that when I said it the first time either. I don't know, man. It's so cartoony. It is. It doesn't work for me. Yeah. You like it? I think uh, it it has the whole like nostalgia thing going on for a lot of the early uh, happenings in Magic, and that's really what it comes down to for me. Like, yeah. It, it it catches that nostalgia and that echo nicely, and I agree. Well, like the Chaos Warp, especially like it's. A great you go from like kind of mean looking goblin to is made out of butterflies like come on how do you not love uh evil goblin turns into a bunch of butterflies the thing is is it's not the content of the art that bothers me i think he like that's not my problem i just for whatever reason the that his his technical execution just does not does not work for me all right what about like richard kane ferguson getting back on the horse now that was cool. I, that one I spotted. It's funny because I'm as I'm looking through, there are several that I stopped and I was like, "Oh, that art is nifty," and I looked and I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's so and so." Like, and Richard Kane Ferguson was one of them because he always had this very, um, very distinctive, yeah, yeah, very sort of detailed, granular, uh, textured artwork that really stood out, especially even still today. But his stuff is cool. I was glad to see that. What card was he doing? I don't remember. Uh, I think the only one we know about so far is Dragonlord Dramoka in the, yeah. the borderless version of that. It's a mythic. Um, and Yeah, that thing was, was wild looking. There's a lot going on in that artwork. There is. Um, in terms of like... I think that people are... The hardest thing to do... Uh, and we've talked about this some in the Discord. The hardest thing to do is identifying these reprints which were expensive because of incredibly low supply versus expensive due to very high demand you know phyrexian altar it's really only had two printings the demand for it is through the roof there's a million decks that want to take advantage of sacadude at a mana thrumming stone is a card that is going to get ridiculously cheap because thrumming stone uh, aside from being the uh meme of things you're going to do in uh, a rat's deck or a dragon's approach deck 
it's worthless. Like, it is literally worthless in Commander because you have to have stuff with the same name. So you're talking like Rat Colony, Relentless Rats, Persistent Petitioners, and uh, Dragon's Approach. I think those are all those cards. The, the Demon one I forgot about, too. It's a $50 card. It was in the list for is a while. really that much? It really is, yeah. And uh, it was in the list, but that was like you had to pull open 1,200 packs to get one list copy of things. So that doesn't really fly. But it's about to be a card maybe $5. Yeah, I don't even think it'd be that. It'll be that much, depending on what the inventory looks like. I saw Seth um, Saffron tweet about this a little bit. <coughs> he was roughly on the same page, but when I read it, I was like shocked that it would even be a question. I'm like, who in God's name thinks that this card is going to have any value? Because like, it, people look at it, and, and like, granted, if you're listening to a podcast about magic finance you're probably already aware of how this thing will work but like this is the first time it's gotten significant uh numbers since it got printed in cold snap which was 2000 and fucking six <laughs> okay we're talking like uh george a uh george w bush had been in office for six years and had two more years to go okay that's how long ago we're talking for this cold snap rare and now it's about to be a double masters rare. Easily, we're gonna get. Uh, what would you say? Triple, as it versus cold oh. snap rare versus double masters rare. Cold snap was in the in the nadir. It really uh, was of magic. Like that was because um, yeah, you had cold snap then led into the future site block, right? And then Lorwyn was where it took off again. But Lorwyn and, and and Cold Snap were way short on players, so I, I God, I wouldn't be surprised if DXM added. If you told me ten times as many, I would believe you. I would, I would believe you at ten as well. That like, might be high, but like this is a I card that. that um nobody should buy right now. You'll have plenty of chances to get this super cheap if you really want to spec on it. I wouldn't. Um, no, it's no, 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 it's no, no. only legal. In, it's modern legal if you decide that a five mana artifact is your pathway to victory. Like if you're gonna do some cool thrumming stone dragons approach stuff, if you manage to pull that off, uh, let me know and I will send you a cool card. Hmm. Um, so here's my the way I parse this is you can look at this and go well if you look at relentless rats and um, what call it relentless partitioners or whatever persistent part partitioners, persistent yes. partitioners all those cards the prices on those are pretty high right like none of those are right for for how many you need to buy they're they're expensive how and you're gonna go well okay but those are clearly there's value there um there there's a cost people want them there's demand because these cards would be pennies if people didn't care about that and you're right but remember that if somebody wants to build a persistent part per Partitions, Petitioners. whatever, I don't care, <laughs> wants to build one of those decks, they have to buy like 40 of those, yes. but they still only need one Thrumming Stone. Yes. And I think that's that's kind of the important takeaway here, is it just because there's clear and obvious demand for the the, the critical component to that deck, the, the part that makes it fun and juicy or whatever, like, isn't, you still only need one. So I and and no one else on the planet needs this. It's not good for anyone other than the guys playing that. There will be kitchen table demand um, for some of this, 
But even that is still mostly Relentless Rat style decks. So I, I just guess this is a very long-winded way of saying this card is going to plummet in price real hard, um, which dovetails with the don't spec on anything from this set yet. Yes. So Oracle and Maldaya don't buy any of yet. Um, I'm looking forward to buying uh, $1 copies of Supreme Verdict again. That's something that uh, I will happily buy list back out for $5 in a year to year and a half. That had cool looking art too. It has cool looking art. Um, Green Sun Zenith, I don't think I'm going to. That's banned in modern, right? Yes. Banned somewhere in Japan. (laughs) In Japan. It's banned in modern, but uh, Devastate. Finale of Devastation is not, because it's one more mana. But, uh, let's see. I... Like, I love that um, they, they gave... They're doing the cycle of uh, Commander 2011 cards. You know, so you got your Gave Guru of Spores going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. I did catch that. We got uh, Crucible of Worlds is coming back. Um, with, that, with great art, too. It's great art. I just... I don't know... How much that's gonna be worth because like crucible of worlds you know it's well it's been printed a bunch of times you got fifth dawn 10th edition it was a judge promo it was an invention it was in uh magic 2019 there's a world championship promo now we're getting this one so like it's a 30 dollar card at its cheapest um but again we haven't had any copies of it since 2019 so we've had you know, demand slowly, slowly building up for it. And there's already like a couple of really sweet versions that you can go chase. So I don't think this is going to be crazy expensive. But again, in three months, six months, I will be happy to look in on these and buy some bricks. Uh, do you think this is the last straw for Damnation? Like, can it, um... can it recover? Like, Wraths have, you know, never been great spec targets for me but like this one like right now the cheapest version of this you can get uh time spiral remastered is 25 dollars. yeah i it depends on what the print rom looks like but if this is moderately in demand if 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 it doesn't have a a gluttonous print run I can see it it's still sticking to 20 i mean it's a card people really like um and if it's if it has survived this far with these many printings i think that bodes well for it actually clearly there is just this resiliency built into it um a a, a demand amount so i think that it's fine okay roughly not to say that it's bulletproof but i don't think that it's terrible uh, let's see what else is going on. I've got a set of divine visitations in foil that are just never going to get there now. That's just dead and buried for me. Divine vis. Oh, that's um. That's a three white white enchantment. If one or more creature tokens would come into play for you, they become four four angels instead. They've done a lot of cool things with tokens lately, and uh, this will be yet another one. Yeah, the oh, this uh, they revealed Imperial Seal, didn't they? So let's talk about Imperial Seal. Imperial Seal uh, is a card that was in Portal Three Kingdoms, 
I guess it was a rare. I, I mean, it, considering what cards go for from that set, it could be anything. Um, it's one black sorcery. Search your library for any one card. Shuffle your library. Put that card on top. You lose two life. So it is Vampiric Tutor just as a sorcery instead of an instant. This was in P3K. Uh, there was a judge promo in like 2016. And now it's going to be a mythic. Um, I don't know if it has pre-sold any copies yet. Let's see. Does TCG have some... There have already been five people who have pre-purchased this card. 300, 300, 400, 380, 400. This mm -hmm. is for a regular frame non-foil. And I want to know who these people are very badly. I have much direct marketing to do for them. M many, many people have more money than, than cents. It's true, man. This this stings real bad. Um, has a... Has a foil pre-sold yet no it has not so go ahead i have a friend who messaged me and wanted to know because uh, i believe he has an original um, imperial seal what to do uh, and first of all i said why are you asking me i haven't done this in three months but in discussion i said well the first thing you, you really just need to go back and look at what happened with the grim tutor and that will tell you what everything you need to know I don't think the demand is going to be particularly higher with this versus with Imperial Seal versus Grim Tutor. Like, why would it be? They're effectively the same same type of cards. They should have very similar demand profiles, roughly. Um, Imperial Seal might be a little more popular in Legacy or something, but that doesn't matter. Um, and I just happened to take a moment here to go look it up. And the original Grim Tutor took a pretty bad beating when the reprint started. So that is nowhere near as good as it used to be. Um, in terms, it's nowhere, nowhere near as expensive as it used to be. So that that deflated under the reprint pressure, and I wasn't sure if, if you know if the original would hold its cost value or something, but it did not. And I don't love Imperial Seals, the original Imperial Seals outcome here or outlook with the Grim Tutor looking like that because I just. I would normally say that will hold its value, but Grim Tutor didn't, so why should Imperial Seal? And if you have a compelling reason why, I'd be glad to hear it. But from where I'm standing, uh, not only should you really not be buying Imperial Seal, you should also probably be getting rid of your old one. So uh, what I would say to that is... Um... There was a card that, um, let's see. I'm trying to remember the card that was in Portal Three Kingdoms where, like, is a black legend. Imperial Recruiter or... No, uh, not Recruiter because Recruiters had, like, multiple reprints. Um, I'm looking up the entire set in black cards. Uh, Zhao, I'm probably mispronouncing it. Zhao oh. Dune, the One-Eyed. Yeah, so Jardin or something. Yeah, there was um, uh, a, this was in P3K as well, and it got a judge printing in 2012. And um, yes, the original took kind of a bath. Um, I think Imperial Seal is going to be more resistant than Grim Tutor, mainly because Grim Tutor is kind of a bad card. Yeah. Like, it's one black, black, sorcery, demonic tutor, and you lose three. 
Like, I can pay mm -hmm. one more mana and not lose any life, or I can shave a mana, play Demonic Tutor, and lose no life. And, you know, it says a lot about how good Demonic Tutor is, I guess. But, like, yeah. Imperial Seal is just as good as Vampiric Tutor, which has had a bunch of printings and has recovered pretty well for most of them. Um, like, especially because it had some sweet-ass art going on. Like, even the cheapest version of Vampiric Tutor uh, is still, you know, in the $30 range. So, I do I think that Imperial Seal will be $30? No. I think it'll drop like a rock. And the question is going to be, like, how many people are going to buy this for a deck because they want it? Or how many people are buying it because they want to spec <coughs> on it? Well, I think the point about uh, uh, Vampiric Tutor is a good one and a, and a valid counterpoint to my thought. Uh, so I, I, I think that's a, a, a good way to approach this. Um, Vampiric Tutor has done pretty well despite a lot of reprints. It has had where... a ton of reprints. Vision, 6th edition... A Judge promo, Eternal Masters, Commander Legends, uh, another Judge promo. So Vampire Tutor is a one mana instant tutor on top of your deck, lose to life. It's Imperial Seal is a one mana sorcery tutor on top of your deck, lose to life. So it's a sorcery where Vampire Tutor is an instant. Everything else is the same. Yep. But makes it strictly worse in the actual sense of the word, strictly worse. It is, I mean, I mean, Vampiric Tutors in 135,000 commander decks. Yeah, but you're right. and But it is still much, much better than Grim Tutor. So I think where I come down then is that Imperial Seal will do a lot better than Grim Tutor did. But I still am not in love with where it's going. That's my rough outlook here. I mean, I, I would expect the price for the original Imperial Seal to drop some. And so I don't think this is the time where your friend wants to be selling it right now. But I think that, you know, there are enough people in this world who are like, oh, I've got the $200 version of something, but you're telling me there's a $1,500 version I can go get in a white border that's non-foil? Sign me up! Hmm. You know? Um, I think that uh, trying to sell right now is probably the worst time to sell because other people are going to do much the same panic sale and i don't want to be one of those people trying to undercut each other on a card that's worth this much so yeah i would i would probably just buckle in for a while if i was your friend so i am i am lightly conflicted but i think roughly i don't want i i wouldn't sell my imperial seals right now i don't think but I would be wary of where they could might go. I think that's roughly where I am. But I sure as hell am not buying the new one. I mean, I'm not. I'm not buying the not new yet. one for for months. Like, there's there's no way. Um, I, I'm gonna say it again. Like all these cards that uh, we're about to get a bunch of uh, copies put into the market. You know, we're getting Bitter Blossom for the three hundredth time. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, is that card is that card still relevant in any format anywhere? I 
don't believe so, no. I haven't looked at its EDH stats. Probably fine-ish. I mean, let's see. Uh, 21,000 decks. That's pretty good. I actually should put a copy into my IRA deck. Yeah, I can see it being more useful there than yeah. many other places. Free tokens are always good. Um, yeah. But, like, you know, you got an- we got another bite at Consecrated Sphinx, which has had mm. more copies than I thought it did. Yeah, that card's seen a couple printings, too. Right. It, original Mirrodin Besieged. Uh, there's an Invocation version. Uh, you got Iconic Masters. It was in a secret lair. Uh, and now we're getting uh, another round at Mythic. And right now it's, you know, 40-some-odd dollars for the cheapest Iconic Masters version. But, uh, you know, this will be lucky to hold a $20 price tag. Yeah, I mean... A lot of the stuff in here is, is going to take a beating, at least temporarily. We can be relatively sure of that, unless the supply is really quite low. Uh, much lower, I think, than than I would expect, looking at this sort of from the outside at the moment. So uh, another one, uh, it's a question of uh, supply and use. Uh, Bloom Tender, you were talking about oh, the yeah. cards. Like, yeah, is that the first? This isn't the first reprint. That was in, like, Jumpstart or something, wasn't it? Uh, I think... It was. I think it had a secret layer too. But uh, secret layers haven't generally hit prices too hard. It was Eventide and then Mystery Booster and then the secret layer. Right, right, right. The uh, so it was not in Jumpstart. Was not in Jumpstart. I think you're thinking of Allosaurus Shepherd. Maybe I was just thinking that Jumpstart had a bunch of uh, a bunch of cards that did pretty well. Yeah, the but the but Jumpstart didn't actually they didn't actually print any copies of that deck, that product, so they didn't actually go anywhere. Like I put a bunch of badly needed reprints in Jumpstart and then printed six of them. Yep. Um, the last one I wanted to bring up, um, well actually two, uh, Allosaurus Shepherd, like you like uh you I referred to a second ago, like that was just in Jumpstart and that was it, right? Yeah, that was where it was printed. Because isn't that card like $200 or some nonsense? Uh, no, we, I think at one point it might have been that high, but um, it's about $30 right now. And it's okay. about to be a Mythic. And this will be the first foil versions of things. And um, this is really, really great in your elf decks and terribly useless outside of it. Yeah. So I don't think it's going to hold much of a price. And people remember, like you remember... It was super expensive for a while because of Jumpstart, and they only they didn't print enough of it. So now it's going to be much cheaper than it's in regular booster packs, and I don't think people are prepared for the, the bath they're about to take. A lot of it, um, if I can date myself real hard, um, I was playing Magic when uh, we had a summer of Ice Age, 4th Edition, and Chronicles all coming out in the same summer. Mm-hmm. And in Ice Age, they downshifted Counterspell from rare to common. And the first day that I went into my local card shop, um, and if you think modern game shops are atrocious, like just imagine what they were like in 1995. And uh, there was this bin of Ice Age commons, and I hadn't seen any of it, you know? We didn't have the internet and stuff. We didn't have 
you know, maybe you got some previews in Scry or whatever. And I was looking through these cards. I'm like, oh my god, there's a counter spell in here. For a nickel, they must have messed up. Here's another one. Oh my god. And I bought ten counter spells for a nickel each. And I thought I was getting away with something. And we're all about to have that feeling. Like these people who bought Imperial Seal for $300 and think, I just got a $300 copy of a card that's going for $1,700 right now. Man, you don't know. And you need to you need to do this differently. Uh, you should uh, get this month's get the latest copy of Scry. I really and should. You'll, you'll right. know better. It's it's true. It would it would help a lot. Uh, the last one I wanted to bring up with you was uh, Mana Vault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that on there too. So we haven't gotten like it was in Ultimate Masters, and it was a Mythic there, and it has held a lovely price the basically the entire way. So, uh, it's going to go down in price, but the question is, like, how far will it go and how easily will it recover? Like, I, I liked the brain box art and the original, but I, I respect that we're, we're going to do things differently. And, like, the original was, like, you had a point where your, um, as a mythic, it was going for like a hundred bucks and even now it's down to um you can get regular copies for 60 64 dollars so it seems like a safe bet that ultimate masters being 2018 four years ago we're now about to get stuff that's going to be a lot cheaper but are you buying mana vaults at let me say twenty dollars do you think you'd be a buyer all right, let me take a look here. So, Mana Vault. Oh, we yeah, have this bad boy. Fifth edition copies are 65. Fourth edition, 60. And what, what, which question did you ask me about here? Regular non-foil copies. Uh, fresh out of the pack of Double Masters. Are you a buyer? Are you going to be a... Would you be a buyer if it comes down to $20? Would you have faith in its price to eventually recover? Because hmm. a lot of these, like Oracle Maldaya, absolutely going to recover. Cavern of Souls, print it twice a year and that won't be enough. Um, Yeah, at 20 bucks, probably. Yeah, okay. I think so. I think I like, would I'm, I'm just looking at the copies and the prices and it seems to be favorable which is quite frankly mind-blowing when i think about the number of copies of this in revised i just like didn't do anything with i put between the spokes of a bike you know yep and now it it hurts because if i if i'd saved everything properly uh i could have bought myself a mansion here in the bay well yeah maybe uh yeah you and me both buddy you and me both i know what you mean um were there any other cards uh that have been brought up so far that you wanted to bring up um no i mean imperial seal was definitely the one to talk about bloom tenor we touched on briefly oh there's a donato art in here that's really cool which is on thousand year storm yeah that's gonna be worth nothing it was already worth almost nothing I know, but it's Donato Giancalo. I'm not like, arguing how good the art is at all. 
Well, it just, it just caught my attention. It's so for people who have sorted through a lot of bulk, they probably remember. Oh, what is that card's name? Cartographer. Yeah. Yeah. If you've ever like sorted through bulk and what have you, this card probably caught your eye. It's not a good card, but the art was distinct. You know, like, hmm, this is really good for a magic card. This is a well-done <laughs> card, right? Like, this just kind of stands out as you're browsing through Odyssey or, uh, yeah, Odyssey specifically. Plus, there's an Exodus copy that's not that's somebody else. It just catches you because the art is so good. And it's Donato Giancala, who went on to become, like, a real artist, I think. Like, a literal, like, real, real art. And he's coming back and he's doing a thousand-year storm, which is really cool. Well, like, uh, as it stopped, like, yeah, um... A couple things out of um uh he's had one or two cards in each set but like um the card that always stood out for me was brink of madness just like this guy and you're just looking at him like oh my god this guy's going crazy but yeah cartographer was... gets a lot of uh attention as being like the perfect art he's let's see so there's 194 cards well uh release date descending so it looks like he's got, yeah, he's had, I guess he has been relatively active, hasn't he? As I scroll back through, I feel like there was a break. There might well have been where like Magic went through a phase where they were trying to cheap out their artists pretty hard. Yeah, I feel like there was a break where he wasn't doing a lot in Magic. In any case, he's a cool artist, and that, that, caught, that card caught my attention. Uh, oh, yeah, here you go. He goes from, he's doing some art in Alara. World Wake M12, and then he doesn't really show up again until Ultimate Masters. Yeah, which I think is like four years, maybe. Whatever. Uh no, I there. There's nothing tremendous. I just uh, some of the art was cool. The the lands looked good. The uncommon lands, but those aren't really relevant. Um, the Oracle of Moldai is, is probably one of the bigger reprints, honestly, just because. There's been so little of that. That's probably going to rebound really hard. Yeah. Oracle will likely be a good choice in any version you get your hands on, basically. Yep. Oracle. Um, the Eternal Witness is I don't, the Eternal Witness. I don't think is going to do as well as anyone wants it to because there's so many so copies many, of that card. So many uh, reprintings of Witness. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's my takeaway there from all that. Okay. Well, uh, if you can't think of anything else you want to add, I'm going to say that we'll be done for this week. Uh, we're... Uh, no? Yeah. No, no, yep, that's what okay. I was going to say. That works for me. I was going to say then we're done for this week. Uh, Travis, even though you have hung it up from uh, the fun times over here at Price, uh, where can people find you online? I remain on Twitter at WizardBumpin, B-U-M-P-I-N, although I can't say that I am terribly active there at the moment. But if you tweet me something, I will likely find it before too long. See, just what about you? You're, you're more active with the people who engage with you. That's what that means. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Word of Commander, as well as my weekly articles on mtgprice.com. I would also like to remind our listeners to check out the mtgprice.com Pro Trader service for just uh, $9.99 a month or $109.99 per year. You can get early access to this podcast, fantastic articles by one of the best MTG finance minds in the business, low-cost group buys, and a super active Discord that will drive better returns and save you money playing Magic the Gathering. Once again, MTG Fast Finance is proudly sponsored by Cool Stuff Inc. 
where you can find all sorts of cool stuff in stock, including all the best in Magic the Gathering singles, sealed product, and a plethora of other collectibles. Use the promo code FINANCE5 during checkout at CoolStuffInc.com to save 5% off your order and support this podcast. Uh, Cliff, this was a fun a fun return. Week week one of four, I think, four or five, right? Uh, something like that. Both James and I are uh, going through uh, assorted trips that we're taking. So we will make things work one way or the other, and it's happy to have you back as a host. Uh, emeritus? Is that how I say it? Emeritus? Emeritus. Emeritus? I Whatever. Emeritus. I'm tired of mispronouncing words around you East Coast <laughs> people. Uh, but thank All you, you book learnings in your Ivy League East Coast schools. Listen, man, don't you dare talk shit about Santa Cruz that way. It's a, it's a recognized school. Yeah, I almost went to Stanford. Almost. It's good. You know who else went to Stanford? Voldemort. Mm, Ralph Fiennes. That too. So, uh, thank you, Travis, and we'll see you all next week on another episode of MTG Fast Finance.